once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We are here with our lovely co-host, Holly, again. And we are also here with Liam from Cancer Bats. He is a musician, got a long-time career. He has been around in the industry quite a bit, had experience with labels, had experience being in an independent band. So he's going to be helping us with some knowledge bombs like we always aim for. Maybe knowledge firecrackers. We don't know. You know what? It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) So first, I just want to say thank you for being here today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. This is rad. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun on here. Curtis and I tend to go off the rails occasionally. Holly's usually pretty put together. She is the normal (laughs) one. (laughs) Um, It wouldn't be a podcast if you didn't go off the rails, right? Like, I wouldn't be a true redhead if I didn't go off the rails. So, I mean, like, it's in my DNA. Um, But for people who aren't really familiar with you or Cancer Bats, um, your work and everything that you've been working on, do you want to just give them a brief rundown of your history and, you know, all the things that you've you've done in, like, the nutshell version of it? For sure. A little compact intro. Uh, Yeah, yeah, my name is Liam Cormier. Uh, I sing in a band called Cancer Bats. Um, We're, I guess as described, a Canadian hardcore band, metal band, punk band, uh, kind of multi-genre. We started back in 2005 and have released uh, six (coughs) albums uh, and toured pretty internationally. Still a couple of spots we have to check off in the globe. But yeah, we've been touring full time for, yeah, the last uh, 15 years. And yeah, still going strong. Um, That's about it and let's see here um curtis did you have a follow-up i'm sure you do i i I did um (laughs) before i step on you (laughs) just 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 to expand on the nutshell just a teeny teeny bit oh yeah sorry maybe mine was too nutshell yeah it was you went with like an acorn and we need like at least like a walnut a walnut okay i was gonna say we uh I mean, in keeping with kind of what you guys were talking about, we've had uh, lots of different record labels that we've been on. We've worked with management over the years. Uh, We currently are self-managed and um, we are our own record label uh, at this point. So we work with distributors uh, and we still have, you know, a booking agent uh, Mm -hmm. that handles the UK and Europe. But yeah, other than that, we're, uh, we're pretty much our own beast. Cool. Okay. Well, that was that. I'm I'm good with that part. So yeah. <laughs> In keeping with the theme of what we're going to talk about. Totally. Yep. So Holly, you go. Right. Okay. Good. Well, that flows on nicely. Um. Yeah. So we're going to start with: Are there any advantages? Do you think with being on a label versus now being sort of more independent on your own label? Um. I I definitely think that you know where where we got to as a band like we couldn't have done without the support uh of distort that was like Mm -hmm. our original label they um for people who don't know they put out basically alexis on fire was their 
main band. Uh, and that was like basically who also got us on that label. They, they were really good friends of ours and we had known them from playing in other bands. And so when we started Cancer Bats, like everyone in Alexis was like, okay, we're going to get you on Distort. Went to Greg, uh, the owner, and was like, we want Cancer Bats to be on Distort. We're going to take them on tour. You're going to like spend money to market them. And that's what's going to happen. And we were like, okay, great. <laughs> uh, so for us as a young band, and especially for me, um, as like a 25 year old kid trying to figure out the music industry, uh, definitely having access to a label to like, kind of like help me kind of like navigate what I was supposed to do. I feel like as a young band, we really were able to use those connections. Um, you know, I didn't know, we didn't have a booking agent. I didn't know how to get one. But we came from, you know, like DIY, hardcore. Uh, so we knew how to like book our own shows and book our own, you know, put on our own shows. We knew how to like put out records. Like those kind of like the things that you do in that small capacity where you're like, okay, I'm going to make t-shirts. I'm going to press a demo and I'm going to like, you know, network within like my small community to like be able to go to the east coast and to like play around southern ontario and like we can play montreal like you know like those sort of like things um but then yeah we were able to work work with greg below who helped us at a ton a huge asset was that they also had uh in-house pr mm. which was um listen harder was the PR agency who I would say are the like best PR, the only PR we've ever worked with in Canada, but also like one of the best PRs that we've had uh, who like we also grew with, like as their company was like getting more acts, like we were also becoming, you know, a, a better band. So I feel like we, like us and Jen Simek were like both kind of like learning the industry as we went, uh, which was also like really cool. We had somebody in our corner who like, like Jen really believed in our band. So it was also like the two of us working together on like, okay, how can we come up with cool ideas? Like, what should we be like, you know, pitching to media? Like, how do you make a press release? Like, how do you make a bio? Like all those things that I kind of like loosely understood as like part of the music industry. Again, as like a 25 year old, I was like, I have no clue. Um, and then that also like Greg's connection, uh, we were able to get on the agency group uh, to work with Paul Gorley, who was like, again, a huge mentor for me, like someone who I like would hang out with. And like, he taught me tons about like touring and, you know, the music industry. Uh, but Greg also was our connect to Ross Warnock at the agency group um, who ended up, he like still books us to this day in the UK and Europe. And again, is like a huge driving force behind Cancer Bats, like someone who we collaborate on, like tons of like creative touring ideas and like all of that. So I definitely like, I'm, I think like being independent is really important, but I also think like we wouldn't have been where we were if it wasn't for that team. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that's like also an important kind of like part of the story, but to keep talking as I'm already doing, <laughs> Um, I will say that there was a lot of points that I like really benefited from, which was people in the industry recognizing that like we weren't 
at a level that we needed. Like Paul Gorley at first didn't want to book our band. And he was like, you need to like book your own tour to like Vancouver, like book your own cross Canadian tour and then like get to that point where we should work together. And it's like, as a kid, you're like so disappointed, but like looking back on it, like that's the most important thing to like learn how to like navigate that world yourself and not just like handing over those like duties to someone else. So you're like not contacting promoters. You're not, you know, dealing with contracts yourself. You're not realizing why you should have someone like looking over contracts or like how they can help you to get on a festival. Do you know what I mean? Like all of those things, like someone like Paul Gorley going, no, you know what? Like right now, like you and Greg can get a support slot like for every time I die because you're friends with every time I die. And Greg is also doing the Toronto show, you know? So it's like, those things are all within your wheelhouse. Like I don't need to take 10%. And also that at this point, that's 10 bucks. So he's like, I don't need your 10 bucks. Like you guys are cool. And in doing that, like we also were able to like grow confidence as a band to be like, Oh man, we like booked a tour all the way out to Victoria. And like, we were able to do that ourselves. And those are all contacts that we like to this day, like still, we're still friends with those people. We're still like working with some of those like original agents. And now like we book all of our own Canadian shows. So I feel like full circle. It's like those people that we met 15 years ago are now just in like bigger positions. And they're all the people that we're still working with today or for the most part, you know? So I think like there were a lot of those invaluable lessons being like, you don't need a manager because you don't have anything to manage. Like everything is within like your own band's like wheelhouse. So you should just learn how to do it at this point. And I was like, you know, 25. I was like, oh, okay. I, I have a question, Liam, before Holly gets into her next part. Um, so are you just to clarify? So you're saying that before a band really worries about the label or anything like that, or before the label is even going to be interested in them, they have to have established themselves as a live act and as a seller first correct that's what you're saying in a nutshell i think so because then you also have something to bring to the label yeah like you're not coming because i always look at these things as like they're a business partner right yeah. so like you're looking at them to like help like build yeah. they're not looking to you to like take something do you know what i mean so you should yeah. be looking at this as like a sense where you're working together so you can both just like amplify what's happening so yeah. if you already have like, man, I already know how to do, you know, like album art and make t-shirts and, you know, book a recording studio and like, we're playing our own shows, then you're yeah. in a better position to go to the label to be like, what are you going to do for me? Yeah. Instead yeah. of just being like, man, I'll take anything I can get, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I find that's because if, if you, if you're looking at a label and they're not doing anything other than just like putting some money forward to press records then like at that point you're like oh okay like financially maybe that makes sense but like where is it getting you that you weren't just doing that yourself well that's what i was gonna ask you is so how do you feel like a label would actually benefit then because a lot of what you're saying is like you already kind of knew it and then you got signed 
just because you had a few more experienced people on there then? Because it, it's almost like... Yeah, because I think then at that point, like we knew, you know, we knew a lot of bands and we had a lot of people that were working for us, but I didn't know how to, you know, get on the cover of Now Magazine. Oh, I get it. I get you it. know, like I didn't, I didn't know how to get ourselves on a better position on like, you know, a festival or even get on a festival. You know, so it was like, it's like, okay, I can be the biggest fish in this situation. And like, yeah, we can, we can play the, you know, the hundred cap, like punk show, or like, we can rule the basements. And that's great. But then it's also seeing someone, because you're already showing them that you want to work. Yeah, is the other side. It's not like, like them being like, Oh, well, what, what would you do if you were on this label? Like, I'm like, oh, I have a list. Like, okay, like, you can help me get a meeting at X, Y, and Z. Like, I'll go. Like, I'll go hang out. You know, like, those were those were the, the great points of us, like, working together. So that you got established and they basically took you to the next level, what you're saying. Yeah, and that was the same thing that I felt like with, again, yeah, like, with Paul. Like, it was like, we were established at this point, we had made some contacts like across Canada. And then he was like, okay, cool. Now all these people know about me. Yeah. So I'm not like just trying to pitch this unknown band. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm being like, Hey, not only have cancer badges done a headline tour, they're about to go and support Alexis on fire. And then I'm booking this headline tour after that. So like our yeah. follow-up was already like, you know, kind of marked for success because of those like steps that we had done beforehand yeah yeah, yeah. and it was like at that point because we didn't know really like how to contact like u.s agents you know yeah. so for us to like start doing more in the states it was like okay now we have this person who can like reach out to like matt pike who ended up booking us in the states yeah. and to be like well, why don't we do like a bleeding through cancer bats co-headline tour? And then it's like, okay, sick. Now we're already like at this next level, the next time we're coming through Canada. And it's like, yeah, we're like able to build on these things just because you have more people that are sort of strategizing with it. Interesting. Uh, we just want to check Corey had a follow up on that before Holly does her next one. Oh, no, I am actually good. That is a lot of information and it's a lot of super valuable information that I don't think people really think about. They think that the label is going to make their career, but when you're teeny tiny, you're going to get the teeny tiniest portion of their energy. And so if you go in there, like, you know, guns blazing with all of this traction that you've already built yourself, then you are actually in a position of power rather than weakness. Yeah. And I also, I also think that like, no one's going to work harder than you are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if no you're one's going to care more about your success than you are. Yeah. So if you're setting that pace, like you're like, I have these ideas. I have this art. I have this music. Like we have these ideas for music videos. Like we just need you to connect us to the music video guy. We need you to like help us do this. Cause I have this great idea. And then that's how you meet Mark Ricciadelli, you know what I mean? Or it's like, those are the things that like, kind of then you have somebody else who's in your corner, who's like, no, 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 these guys are cool. You should, you should work with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like, yeah, exactly what you said. I feel like there's a lot of kids who think that once their like band gets picked up, like then there's all this like staff that just is gonna take over and do all the things for them. And that's, I think that's the, the wrong idea. Mm-mm. 
Like if anything, you're like, oh, I finally have someone who's gonna like help spell check my ideas, you know? Like who's gonna like also help carry this to the next like place that it needs to go. And then that's how I think working with other labels around the world should work too. So once mm -hmm. you have that established, then you're like, okay, cool. Like, who can we work? Like, who do you know that's in England? And who do you know that's in Europe? And who do you know that's in Australia? And then it's, again, you're starting from like zero working with those people and like being like, okay, cool. Like, how do we do this in, this has worked in Canada. How do we do this in the States? How do we do this in the UK? I feel like that's, yeah that's kind of like a little less of the like breaking through that illusion of what I think kids think that labels are going to do for them. Oh, and it's not even just kids. I think it's just people who are inexperienced regardless of age. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Holly, you had one more question. Yeah. This is going on slightly more to PR side of things now, really. Um, so it's just whether you've had any, whether you've experienced any red flags yourself or whether you know of any to look out for, um, yeah, you were, you guys were mentioning that before. I mean, I'll say we've been like incredibly fortunate, uh, maybe again, cause we're just like really excited and we're up for kind of doing everything, but we've had like amazing PR, uh, from like the get go, like with listen harder, but then also in the UK, we started working with Chrissy Yanu who she broke like a ton of um, like hardcore bands like in the UK, like AFI, she used to book Rancid, she booked like uh, No Effects, she did the PR for those bands, um, she did Sick of It All, like American Nightmare, Hope Conspiracy. So we kind of like right off the bat, we're just like, this is the dream PR. You already <laughs> know like these these people. And I guess maybe that's like the the kind of like, looking back on it, like maybe the bigger red flag is like, just make sure that you're on the same page with these people. Like, you know, like if you're speaking a common language, like if, if you're going to talk to a PR agent and you're like, I'm, I'm really into this kind of media and like, I'm really into these kind of bands and they don't know what you're talking about, then like, yeah. it doesn't matter how big their agency is. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who they work with. If it doesn't align with like what you were talking about or what, where you're coming from, then it's kind of like a lot of it is going to get lost. And I, I feel like that, like working with like anyone, like in the music industry, I feel like there's a lot of people who love saying like, I worked on Rihanna's, you know, like video campaign for this album. And you're like, that's amazing. Like, I think Rihanna is incredible. I know exactly what videos you're talking about, but that has no relevance to like my metal band. Yep. And so like, why would the ideas that you did for an incredible like female R&B artist, like translate to four dirty Canadian dudes, like playing in a hardcore band. So like, so much respect to what you've done, but I'd way rather look at the person who is able to like, break the, you know, trash talk video that like got a ton of traction in the UK, than like someone who worked on Rihanna, because you're like, again, those like it doesn't matter to me like how big your your roster is if it doesn't relate to like what you're actually doing or to what like I'm actually doing and I think that's like sometimes the misconceptions that like people like to say actually another huge red flag that I would say in that same respect people love talking about like 
a huge like heritage act yeah to be like i'm the one who broke like april wine yeah and you're like man no one cares like i'm like to me like what was the last band that you worked with like what was your last success mm-hmm. like i love like sound guys have this thing where they're like you're only as good as the last show you mixed yep and you're like yeah like i'm only as good as the last show we played like we're only as good as like the last record we put up because like man yeah hail destroyer slams but like if you're not doing anything relevant right now like why should people care why should you be taking up space and i find there's a lot of that like producers being like oh yeah but i produced this and you're like yeah when you were 22 years old like man when you were 22 and you were living on a floor and you were like eating burritos like you were hungry as hell to crack that thing and now that you have like a car and a dope house like none of that applies (laughs) none of that applies to what you're doing right now has anybody actually said that they broke April wine that tried to no <laughs> that, that, that's like a very <laughs> out of left well, field uh Holly did you have more on that one um no I think that's possibly covered everything really actually cool uh Corey you got a follow-up for him before we go into the next one uh no I just think that that's like That's super, super important because there are a lot of people who are big names in this industry who rely so heavily on their name that they've forgotten how to break through a small independent band or just a small recently signed band because they're so used to, they're so used to representing the big boys that everybody comes to them for interviews and everybody comes clamoring to them to be the first person to review that new album. And they will not do that for a small band, regardless of what that other person's name is. It's just not, not going to happen. That's the thing that I also like, I don't want to take away from, there's tons of people who have been working in the industry for a really long time who are still doing tons of relevant stuff. Oh yeah. And I think that's like, like when you look to those people and you're like, yeah, like you can look at someone like Ross Robinson, who everyone wants to talk about, you know, the OG records but also like, man, the records that he did last year are amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're like, Oh yeah. Like you're doing stuff that like with Sepultura back in the day, but you're also doing stuff with ghost main. And like, that's sick. Like those things are still to me, like someone who's older, but he's still like pushing, like you're working with, you know, Touche Amore and you're working with Red Fang, you know, those are all like relevant records that just came out right Mm -hmm. now. Exactly. And I guess it's being able to spot the difference of who they're working with and what they're working on. Cause I mean, there's, there's certain people that they have like a collection of artists that have been around for ever and ever and ever that, that are like their main three or whatever that they're constantly pushing. And then, you know, a small band will come to them and it's like, Oh, I have so-and-so's PR or whatever. And they've been working with them for years but if they don't have anybody that's new and relevant that they've been pushing, it's a concern because they've, they've probably forgotten how by yeah. this point. Well, and I also think like RPR, uh, Emma in the UK, mm-hmm. like right now, like she's worked with the Deftones forever, worked with Mastodon forever, but mm-hmm. also, yeah, like has new bands that mm-hmm. she's like handpicking. And I think that's the other side is that when you're working with like independent PRs, they also aren't just being handed bands from a label and being like, 
this is our new band you have to work this it's like they're able to go like this band is sick and I i'm taking this <laughs> yeah because i believe in it and i know that i can like also help them because of these relationships and yep. because they've been in the industry for a super long time they can go you know what like maybe we don't need to chase this avenue because it's irrelevant to your band like maybe we just need to like look at these blogs and look at these like you know people who are mainly just on tiktok and instagram it's like someone who's like up to date on what's happening is also yeah. like really important to go along with that you know back catalog exactly and so, then oh no i'll let curtis finish <laughs> well, the last question i wanted to ask just about pr and then i'll i'll let uh Corey say what she was going to say was just so how much of the PR yourself were you doing prior to getting on the label were you doing any or were you hiring out uh before getting on the label I feel like we were just doing like zines you okay. know what I mean like it yeah. was like a very early days because also cancer bats we were in a in a position where we pretty much just like put out our own demo we're touring that like four song EP demo and then got picked up by, um, by Distort. So pretty soon after that, it was already like opportunities were kind of coming around Toronto and, and those sort of places. So I wouldn't say that we were hiring out our own PR at that point. Fair enough. I probably, when I was 25, I probably didn't really understand what PR was to be honest until I started working with like, Jen and Christina and like being like, oh, I get, oh, okay. Yeah. This makes sense now. Fair enough. And then, so transitioning into the other red flags that a lot of people run into in the industry. Um, I know you've had, you know, experience with managers. I know you're self-managed right now, but you've had experience with other managers. What are some red flags that people should look out for when they're either A, approached by a manager or B, shopping for one? Um, I think kind of almost to that like point before like asking yourselves like what what are you looking to manage you know mm -hmm. like and I think we had a lot of people who were like really reinforcing that like other bands uh just being like again because it was hardcore where we were coming from so there weren't as many managers like around there wasn't as many bands that you kind of like heard about doing this and I felt like it was more as we like more like in 2008 2009 like people were like like approaching us being like I manage these bands and I'd, I'd always be like but but why like at what what point do you uh do you need this like management and like what what is so out of your reach that you can't manage at this point and I think those are the, those are the things that like, I always tell younger bands because I'm like, the more you like figure out how to do these things yourselves, you're also not wasting your manager's time. Yep. You know, like your manager should be doing all those things that you literally have no access to, which mm -hmm. is again, like festivals, like how do you get on a better, you know, spot on the festival? And that's like between your booking agent and your manager. And it's like, if you guys aren't playing festivals, then like, why do you need a manager? You know what I mean? Like all of those like points, like, like making your own merch, like taking care of like booking flights. Like those are all things that like are really within like your wheelhouse to do. And it's like, once 
you start getting really busy, like, yeah, having someone else to like help with those things is like important. Uh, but it shouldn't be like your man, I really need a manager so I can like order t-shirts. It's like, mm-hmm. you should really just like figure out how to order t-shirts and figure out how much t-shirts cost and like mm-hmm. how you can make more money off of them. You know, like all of those things I think are important lessons to learn. So when you do go to like a manager, you're again, like the label thing, like you're just getting them to help like amplify these ideas. Mm-hmm. And Curtis, you do you have a follow-up? I, do, I was going to say, you always have this like look on your face. I call it follow-up face. He gets this right. specific look on his face when he wants to say something. So, okay. I like it. So Liam, this this is this is back to the management question. We're still we're still talking about management. So, would you say because you just brought up an excellent point that most bands should not be getting a manager until they have something to manage, mm-hmm. but is that most bands can't figure out how to do it on their own. So, looking for outside help, like a good example is um, like some bands will hire people as their manager to help them get up to that next point. Do you feel that that's valuable, even though it's not quite what you're saying? Uh, I guess, I mean, I think it all depends on what point you're at. And also, I mean, I'm someone who like really loves also, like I'm into clothing, I'm into like art. I like run a clothing label myself now. So I feel like also having someone in your band who's like into, making art graphic design who's into merch like I think that's also a good asset to have and I feel like most successful bands have that like they have someone who's like I really know what I want to do like visually as well as like musically and those are to me those are the bands that I feel like end up having like a bigger career because you're you're not just like man all I want to do is just make guitar music not to say that those like bands don't exist and they can't but i just think like when you have someone who's like this whole thing is art like music videos are art like album art is art t-shirts like all of that is like part of your band's brand and when you have that as like your whole you know kind of package but then vice versa like if you're in a band and those things you're starting you guys are jamming you're you know, you're working with these like cool creative people and you don't have that element, then like yep. maybe that's also something that you need to like work into your business model. So you're like, oh, I work with these like, you know, like amazing creative people, but like none of us are like, uh, like artistic. Then you're yep. like, maybe you should, yeah, then you should hire out. That's where I'm like, I, I could see it. But to me, I'm always like, that's just like the whole package in terms of like finding a band that's going to work. And that to me is also like, maybe your band doesn't, isn't ready yet. Like maybe it's not at that point because you haven't figured out this dynamic of like every aspect. Like you have a Gothic backdrop on your like, you know, video, like you're already thinking about like these ideas. Like, it's like, yeah, okay. That's the person that like, maybe you should be in a band with those people that don't understand art. You know, like, that's where I think, like, it's, like, those are points where you could maybe, like, also just, like, readdress your own band and, like, who you're working with from that first, like, level. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I get it. I try to tailor my backgrounds to who I'm talking to, so hence the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just, just one more thing just on management before we move, move on to the final thing. Um, so when, okay, so let's say the band is shopping for a manager. 
And uh, how should they kind of figure out whether it's the right fit other than like, you know what you were saying, not going like with Rihanna's band or sorry, manager, if, if you're like a punk band, how would you kind of figure out who the right person is if you're at that point? Um, I think again, like being uh, like a like-minded band, like we ended up signing to Raw Power yeah. um, because we had toured like a ton with Gallows. Yeah. They were managing Gallows. Uh, they were managing Bullet For My Valentine. And we were like, oh, we really like these guys. Like, I really, you know, thought CJ was awesome. Uh, I really liked what he was doing with these other bands. I liked that CJ was and is like a super punk dude. Um, and then it just so happened that like right when we signed, also our friend Matt Ash, uh, who we knew he used to run Atticus in the UK, he like became our day to day. So we were just like instantly like, here's a guy who we've already worked with in another capacity, like through Atticus and like through Atticus tours. And then you're now our manager. We were just like, this is it. This is perfect. So it but just kind of. Yeah. The, the biggest thing was that like, I remember like in 2008, we played a festival in Scotland and Ross Warnock booked us on this festival. We like booked our flights, like everything was fine. We got to Scotland and we showed up and they were like, Oh, like there's been a switch and you guys are going on the same time as rage against the machine and we were like we were like this sucks this is like the worst like we're playing this huge festival and no one's gonna watch us and i don't even want to watch us like i want to go watch rage against the machine Mm -hmm. and i remember cj was at the festival and it's like CJ came up to me and he was just like, Hey, like, I'd really love to work with you guys. Like we had kind of talked before, but he was like a huge example is like today I would make sure that you're not playing at the same time as Rage Against the Machine. And I was just like, yeah, I I literally do not know how to do that. Like that, that, that is not within my wheelhouse, but it's like, maybe I'm going off a little tangent here, but at the same time, like we played that show and CJ like hung out and watched us. And also, so did like everyone at Vans UK, and it was like that concert that was like technically a failure, but we still like there was literally 100 people in like a 5,000 capacity tent. Oh my god! And of those 100 people were CJ who ended up managing us, and like Vans UK who ended up like still who work with us to this day, and that was like back in 2008, and I was like man, this is also like such a, an amazing, you know, day anyways. So I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but. Bright um, sides to everything. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this sucks, uh, but also we're going to make it through it. (laughs) Do either of you guys have any more questions about management before we get to the final question? Uh, no, I think we're, we're good on that one. Cool. Uh, Your turn, Corey. Oh, okay. Well, I get, yeah, it is my turn again. Um, so now that you're kind of more independent, um, and not really with any label, like label support, um, how do bands who are independent typically go about either finding booking agents or finding themselves on tours? Like, how do you navigate that arena? Um, I mean, for us, I guess we kind of came at the other end of it. Um, so we started you know, we worked with like obviously labels and booking agents and everything. And then just like as time was going on and as we were getting older and more responsible, we were also just like, we're just going to do all this stuff ourselves. And all of the like splits that we ended up having were all like super amicable because it was just like, 
Well, I'm at the age where most band guys just become managers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm not looking to like the 25 year olds to like help me book a flight or like order merch. Cause I can do that. Yep. But at the same time, I'm like in that position where I would just be at, like if cancer Bats broke up, I would just work for raw power, hopefully, but, uh, yeah. and like manage other younger bands who like could use that help. Do you know what I mean? So that was where those, those kind of like transitions like happened. And then same with like us, you know, kind of booking ourselves in Canada. Like we already, I have the phone numbers of every promoter. So when I was like booking like the Hail Destroyer 10 year anniversary shows, like I was like just texting, you know, our guy, like Ben from like who books at Leap's Palace. And I was like, can I just like put two nights on hold for a year from now? So I can do like a 10 year anniversary of Hail Destroyer. And he was like, yeah, like done. I was like, sick. That was really easy. And like, those were all those like points. Cause like the guys who run Pootsa Fest, like the people who, you know, like run Blues Fest in Ottawa are like Sean Scallon, my friend who I've known since like 2002. So for us, it was like a, just a natural kind of like transition. But again, it goes back to like, these are all these contacts that we made when we also were like self-managed and when we also were booking our own shows. So a big part was just that we had like, you know, kept up these like relationships and kept up these contacts and Mm -hmm. had good working relationships with all these people from over the years. Like, man, we've always had shows that like worked for these people. So they're like, hell yeah, I'm going to try and get you on my fest now that I'm like the person who works for this fest. Same with like heavy Montreal. Like I met JF, who runs that festival i met him when he was like running the street team for like a record label in 2005 and it was when i was like selling merch for like another band and he and i again like just like stayed in contact and i was like man jf is like a sick dude and like fast forward he like dm'd me on instagram to be like hey like you guys just put out a sick new record like do you want to play heavy montreal and i'm like hell yeah like again it's like it's almost like underthinking some of these things because it's more just like boils down to like us being friends and like, yeah, working actually, with people that are like-minded. Yeah. And this actually brings up a solid, solid point that I think some bands, not all, but some bands lose sight of like working with the little guy or mm-hmm. working with people when they're small, doing interviews oh, yeah. with tiny blogs, that kind of thing. And they don't want to do it because they feel like, oh, it's going to, you know devalue my band's name or it's beneath me or something like that and this right here is a prime example of why you don't do that and you just maintain those relationships with people regardless of how small they were when you met them like don't yeah don't be a dick i I fully (laughs) think that like everyone who is passionate about this and who's yeah writing a zine or like working on something like Mm -hmm you know all of those people that you meet and again who you like who you like vibe with like I'm not hanging out with these people because I'm like oh hopefully this person's gonna make it in the industry I'm like no genuinely if they don't I still want to be friends with them because like we both like pizza and like we like Mm -hmm. hardcore and like though that that you don't like pizza and hardcore are you even a person like are you even (laughs) why are you in the scene why are you even here? <laughs> those are, and those are the things that like, again, it's like you have that person's phone number because you're like, yo, we're playing a show. You should come and hang out or we should go grab a coffee. 
-hmm. And then I'm not like, man, I really hope they've moved up in the world. No, it's not like that. It's more like being a good person. We left him. Left us. He went away. (laughs) Said so. So just bear bear with him, uh, Corey. Yeah. Man, this Zoom is annihilating my battery. Well, we don't have too much long, long, longer left. No, we only have a couple more minutes. No, don't even worry. I'm taking care of business. No, what I was saying is it's not, you're not building these relationships to hopefully get something out of them. But what I mean is, is just don't look down on anybody because you never know who's going to end up making it big. Even if you don't vibe with that person, just generally be nice and be a pleasant person to be around. Even if you're never going to go have pizza with them in, you know, six years or whatever, just don't be a douche because you never know what's going to happen. Number one. And, and this world is just so small. The rock, the metal, the hardcore world is, it's very tiny. It seems like it's huge, but it's not. And all of that stuff gets around and people will not want to work with you because they knew, you know, Bill from 2006, you like spat on him at one of his shows because he asked for an autograph and people are going to remember that and they're going to know you for that stuff. And it's yeah. going to travel. Oh, and those things. Yeah, there's so much, honestly, like about those ideas. Like, again, like, like back in the day, like Paul Gorley and I, like he had this like amazing idea that I still like think about and like love. Like we're talking about like people getting upset about like other bands and like being like, but why, why is this band doing this thing? And he's like, but you forget that we're all doing it. He's like, it's like you're out surfing and you're mad at that other person, like getting a wave. He's like, we're all in the ocean. We're all out here having a good time. And this is the best. He's like, but if you can't enjoy like this, then like, yeah, you're not going to understand like why that person is on that wave. Cause you're like totally missing the point. And I was like, we're all in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is, it's so true. Like, man, like not to be too, you know, but like that whole idea, I remember just like hitting me and just being like, yeah, like the whole con, like, even if you want to really get into it, like you're at the beach, man. Like you could be so many other places and if you're not enjoying like these aspects, like if you're not into paddling out, then you're definitely not going to catch a wave. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not into like, you know, walking across the beach to like get there or like having to go over some rocks, like there's no way you're going to catch a wave. But mm-hmm. also when you're out there and you see like your friends are like surfing or someone you don't even know is killing it. You're like, yeah, you're doing it. Cause that's why we're all here. And I, I remember him telling me that and it was just like, like washed over me like a wave but I was like I was like dude this is so so many people are like caught up in being like jealous and like frustrated and there's points where we all have that but you you then like step back and you're just like but also I I get to yell as my job yeah like I like there's so many bogus jobs and like the worst part of my day is like driving through a gas station at 3 a.m like this is the best like i'm literally like in you know like in wawa ontario at 3 a.m getting a bad coffee but i'm not like going to my like dead-end job that i hate you know like those were those moments that i was just like yeah paul like (laughs) you get it (laughs) 
That's fantastic. And Holly, did you have any other questions on that? No, I think we've covered we've covered an awful lot. I think to be yeah. honest, done. <laughs> well, no, it's all been so insightful though, because I think well, everything that you've said has been really useful. Because I think so many bands, yeah, they don't appreciate where they are. They don't necessarily know how to make the most of what they're doing, and it's just so important to yeah like you say figure things out for, you, for themselves yeah and I think like genuinely a bigger part like kind of like is also enjoying all those aspects like mm -hmm. I think like if you like if you want to make like a really fun like t-shirt design then that's going to translate like people are going to be into it because you're also excited about it like if you want to make really cool album art because it's also like just as important as like those lyrics that you're doing then like that's going to translate. And I, I feel like that's more the thing, like you just need to kind of like be passionate about everything. And if you're not, then that's like also totally cool. But like, that's who you should align yourselves with when you're like working on, you know, a band. And I think again, like that comes back to the original point of like, who, like your band is like your core business, yep. you know? So like, when you're even before you're thinking of getting a manager or a PR or like any of these people, you also need to be like looking at the fact that you're like working with like like-minded, you know, like people that like are in this for the same reasons and who want to be like moving like these projects forward because you care about all of them. And not to say like, there's going to be, you know, like guitar players or drummers that like only want to play drums. And that's like, again, that's totally cool. But I think it's like, yeah, working with those people and like figuring out that like, okay, but I also want to work with this bass player because like they're really into art or like she really understands like what's also cool about making a music video or you know what I mean? So I think like those are the points where you're like, who are you also working with? And like, why, why is like this like a project that should go further than like just your jam space? Totally. So we got to wrap up on that on that end. Um, we're okay. gonna probably ask to have you back <clears throat> at some point in the next month or two if you're okay with that to discuss. Yeah, this is really fun. Cool. So on that note, um, anything you want to say, Corey, before we wrap up? No, I'm good on my end. All right, party on, guys. Party on, Corey. Party on, everyone. <laughs> party on, Wayne. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast. Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared. <laughs>